Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bavarian Podcast Works. Today, I am joined by Schnitzel, and we are going to talk about some interesting topics. So, first of all, Schnitzel, how are you doing today? I'm doing very fine. Thanks for asking. It's just uh, really hot in in these parts at this at this point in time. So I'm just basically having a day for relaxation. It's a Sunday, and it's convenient that we're from the same region, so we don't have to like stay up super late just for Tom or Chuck to be awake. Yeah, that feels nice to not have to record at 11 p.m. for a change. But yeah, so the thing that we need to talk about today is the fact that Bayern Munich did beat Freiburg yesterday night, and then Borussia Dortmund lost quite badly to RB Leipzig. This means that Bayern are now nine points clear at the top of the table, and as far as we can tell, that Freiburg result isn't going to be overturned. So. With nine points ahead and only 18 points left to play for, Schnitzel, you tell me, do you think that the Bundesliga is basically over? Like, is the 10th title in a row in our hands? I think it is. And I think every single thing that's happening to Bayern and Dortmund right now suggests exactly that. And I think that Bayern may be able to wrap the title up in another two or three you know match days because i the one thing i really trust dortmund to do quite effectively is tank especially when you know they are supposed to come up with solutions or try and come back to kind of put in a competitive title race so i believe bayern is going to extend the lead even further so at the moment it's it's nine points i expect that to rise in the coming match weeks and i think bayern may even be able to clinch the bundesliga title in the game against Dortmund the classica so that'll be even more you know spicy if that does happen where it's i don't feel great saying this but i i i feel like bayern is currently going to enjoy its 10th successive bundesliga title already has it under wraps what do you think yeah i kind of feel the same way and honestly like i am absolutely baffled that dortmund have kept as close to us as they have because they have not been good at all this season and looking at how they performed against leipzig is just a microcosm of how they've been throughout they have had decent runs in the game but their defense is just so bad and then leipzig just tore them apart and we are lucky that leipzig had jesse marsh at the beginning of the season because those four months that he coached he did so much damage that Uh, they just can't catch up to us like there is no chance that Leipzig can really get into a title race at this stage of the season like i mean i guess if Bayern loses every single remaining match then maybe but otherwise i don't see any way for Leipzig to actually muscle in into the title race at this juncture but if it had been say for example Nagelsmann still in charge at Leipzig and Flick still in charge here at Bayern i think we would have had a much more entertaining title race with both teams going almost the last match day and it's a good thing that marsh kept that from happening because it makes our champions league campaign a lot easier so i i should point out that our next two games as you mentioned we could clinch the title like like two or three match days our next two games are against augsburg and armenia who are near the bottom of the table relegation battle so like realistically we shouldn't have any issues getting six points from those two games and if we do and then Dortmund drop points against either Stuttgart or Wolfsburg it, it's it's basically done like i don't think they're gonna even if 
um, okay, so I'm going to make a very controversial statement right now, and you tell me if I'm crazy or not, but I feel like uh, even not, if... It, it, it wouldn't be the first time, neither yeah. will it be the last, so go ahead. Yeah, yeah. okay. So uh, even if Dortmund and Bayern right now, like say, for example, the DFB goes nuts and they give us like a six-point deduction and take away the Freiburg game as well, if we somehow ended up level on points with Borussia Dortmund at this stage of the season right now, I think we'd still go on to win the title because Dortmund are just so, so awful right now. Honestly, I feel like Borussia Dortmund right now, the the mentality of the players and the club and their status as a stepping stone to Europe's top clubs is kind of what is like has kept them back repeatedly in successive seasons from actually competing for a title. I don't I don't think they even see themselves as like genuine title contenders. Like obviously when the season begins, there's always like, you know, Marco Royce and a couple of others from Dortmund. They're like, we're going to go toe-to-toe with Bayern, we're going to compete, we're going to do all it takes to give a good fight, whatnot. But as the season progresses, we kind of see this fam- familiar sort of thing that happens season after season. That is, Dortmund just fall, they just drop points against bottom and middle table clubs when they can just, you know, clinch those victories. And there's this problem with their mentality. They just tank when it's the time to show up. They just don't have the mental fortitude, you can say, to actually deliver when, you know, it's their time to do so. So... I think your assessment is fair. I think it is more than fair, in fact. It's not controversial at all, in my opinion. And I think that when Bayern faced Dortmund in the Classica after two games, honestly, if they continue going at this rate, we are going to crush them. Yeah, I mean, I mean it is I'm, going I'm to be... More concerned, I'm more concerned about the Villarreal game than yeah. I am of facing Dortmund. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess we're both in complete agreement, which I did not expect. Like generally, we do disagree a lot on this podcast. So, okay, (laughs) we have barely gone seven minutes so far, but maybe we should just move on to our next topic because there's not much to discuss, I guess. The Bundesliga, yeah, ten titles in a row. We honestly don't finish it. From next season onwards, I really hope that we will have more competition. And I'm not sure I expect that from Dortmund. Yes, maybe the addition of Niklas Zula and a few other transfers that they're targeting over the summer might do them some good. But they might lose Haaland to City or something. Yeah, club. and they won't That'll... even get that much from the Haaland transfer. Like, yeah, according that's to the terrible. Court, it's just it's just 50 million for Dortmund and 25 million for Raiola. So... Out yeah, of imagine, million, so it's just... imagine losing Haaland and not having like a good backup transfer striker. And that just puts you in a huge mess. Because knowing so... Dortmund, they, yeah. they won't replace him with someone who is anywhere near as good. They won't go out and maybe try and poach Patrick Schick from Neverkusen or something like that. They will They'll get some 18-year-old from like that we've never heard or, yeah. or they're going to yeah. try and make Mokoko the main striker for a season and that's just not going to cut it for them so we can be sure that that Haaland well when Haaland goes that that doesn't mean that Haaland has been like helping them recently he's been injured for months and months and months and when he's not injured he seems to be phoning it in he doesn't seem to care anymore that is the exact reason why I am really 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 hoping Bayern ties Lewandowski down because even Haaland isn't like a good enough successor. Like, he isn't there at the moment. Then He isn't there, yeah. The so, injuries into consideration. Lewandowski and is don't a must. forget the expense. I think Haaland is demanding a salary higher than Lewandowski. And uh, at his age, it's only it. going to go up. 
it's and honestly nobody on the planet no striker deserves a salary above Lewandowski and I believe that if Bayern is around three or four million euros away I'm just contemplating but it's possible that it's just you know a single digit number away from like Lewandowski's party in the negotiations I think they should cave in because getting a striker of his caliber to extend at this stage at, at the prime of his career when like you know, such strikers are rare around the world in the transfer market is just something that's definitely not a given. So we should hold the striker we already have hostage. We should do all it takes to just make sure he stays in Munich because I cannot yeah, see him anywhere exactly. else. And we will really struggle without him. Yeah. So the other thing that I should mention that, uh, uh, sorry, they have gotten Niklas Zula and they might get Schlotterbeck. But right now, as far as I can tell, our main challenger next season will be Tedesco's RB Leipzig side. That that depends on whether RB Leipzig can hold on to Christopher and Kunku or not. But as He's far scary, as the, the thing is that the thing is that Leipzig to me seem like they are much better equipped than Dortmund to like replace their players that leave. Like you look at when Werner left or when Dabi Keita left Mekano or when Kanate um, and Upa Meccano and all of them left, Leipzig did not really drop the ball on those. They, their, their major performance drop came from when Nagelsmann left and they got Jesse Marsh and they fixed that pretty much instantly. So uh, yeah. they seem to know what they're doing. Like Their organization is much more robust than Borussia Dortmund. And I, I'll admit that they have the Red Bull group kind of support network which is something that Dortmund doesn't have but Dortmund are way richer like Dortmund are one of the top 15 which richest clubs in the world and they should not be getting knocked out of the Europa League by Rangers like they should easily yeah. be oh, in the Champions League round of 16 and possibly in the quarterfinals too so Dortmund this season I can say that they have been a complete disaster and the fact that they are second in the Bundesliga by a decent margin six points tells me that the Bundesliga this season has not been competitive enough. Like it, it like Bayern were allowed to slip up a lot, and we still are winning the league at the gallop. This is very easy. Yeah, honestly, okay. this season is kind of iffy because I believe that there is quite a few like mid-table clubs that are performing better than expected. Like Freiburg are doing amazingly well. Hoffenheim and Union Berlin. I never Sometimes I think that I think like, that the thing that's going on is that because the top teams have decreased so much in quality that the mid mid table teams, they are pretty much the same as they were last season, but they are getting better results as a result. But anyway, look, we can, we're going in circles here because we're not discussing anything (laughs) new. So maybe we should move on to our next topic, which is the main topic for today. And that is the upcoming VRL game. And now we have to talk about the Spanish league. So, um, Schnitzel, do you know, Real. what was the result of their most recent game? I will not repeat the La Liga thing again. <laughs> it's yeah. going to be La Liga <laughs> or yeah. the Spanish League. Yeah, so Villarreal recently they lost to Levant or Levante. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Levante 2-0. or Levante, yeah, Levante or whatever. I, I don't yeah. know. Who, who yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyways, they lost 2-0 and it was embarrassing because... Levante are not known to be a great club at the moment. They're they, in they, 19th position. One in thing is La that Levante, they, La I, I regularly see them beating Real Madrid or Barcelona. So they are 
or at least taking points from them. So they are kind of like a weird giant killer kind of club. In yeah, they're in the 19th but position. And it's yeah, they are. Of, they are always yeah. down there, though, which is kind of a weird thing. But Villarreal are what seventh in La Liga, I think seventh. Yeah, and the current season. run of form, it, not just this game, even the previous game, they lost to Cadiz recently, one nil. Yikes! Wow. It's it, it's not it's not very good. Yeah, it's not a good. Yeah. Match. So and to be very frank, if Villarreal even want at least a draw, because the 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 second leg is in the Allianz Arena, if I remember correctly. So. Yeah. Villarreal, even if they want to draw at home, they will need to throw everything on the kitchen sink at Bayern because this team is starting uh, starting to find its groove, and uh, quite a few players are starting to find their form at the right time. And there's also the depth players that are playing a great role, like Tongi Nyonzu has been doing really well in recent weeks. I've been pretty impressed with some other players. Jamal Muziala has been excellent every time yeah, he's come Jamal off the bench. Jamal Muziala is just so good. yeah, he is really really good. And Marcel Zabitza also scored a goal in the game uh, yesterday. So he might turn things over for himself and might see a change in fortunes. So things are not looking good from a Villarreal's perspective, but anything can happen in the Champions League. Well, and since they're going to their stadium, it's possible yeah, that you it's know, going to be. The thing is that when overthinks everything, we might have some iffy results like the one against Salzburg. But if he sticks to what he has been doing in recent weeks, the same blueprint, the same tactics and the same philosophy, then we would just come out with a comfortable win. That's what I believe. The thing is that I don't expect Nagelsmann to tinker much with the formation. At most, we can maybe expect Alfonso Davies to get a chance. I don't think so. I, I, I think it's too early for him to start because he wasn't even on the bench versus Freiburg. So I imagine that he won't be ready. And the other thing that might not happen is that we might not see Goretzka get a start. We might see Kemik and Musiala start together in the pivot because Nagelsmann said that he's not sure if Goretzka is ready to start a second game just four days after Freiburg after being out for so long. But with all that said, the main thing that VRL, I guess, will be hoping for, and I went to VRL USA, which is their SB Nation blog, and checked out their top um post at the moment and it was the fact that Robert Lewandowski might be doubtful for that game which a little bit of wishful thinking on that part but but it is a possibility because he was subbed off early by Nagelsmann yeah, and he was he was very crazy. yeah he was kind of quiet against Freiburg like no, not doing too much crazy stuff so I think that yeah rib, that rib is- of his is bothering him it's funny how like every time he uh, at this juncture of the season, whenever he goes for international duty to play for Poland, he comes back with some or the other problem, injury, yeah. some issue, and it tends to affect us in the Champions League. And I really hope that's not the case this season because without him, we are basically headless. Yeah, like honestly, it is. and Chupo, Chupo is also out, so we can't. We don't even. Oh, it's even worse than last. It's even worse than last season because <laughs> last season at least we had Chupo. Chupo is not only does he have COVID, he has some kind of knee injury that is going to keep him out till May. So we have to rely on Lewandowski. And un- un- unless somehow Nagelsmann channels Gnabry into actually being a good player again, like he did score an assist against Freiburg. So and he had an actual good game, which is very rare for Gnabry these days. So yeah, but we but have we to know hope with for Gnabry, that. we're gonna expect things two games in a row. So it's it's like. Yeah, but Gnabry is, is our big game player. So he, he he sleeps through most of the games 
in the season and then shows up in the Champions League. So he even scored against Salzburg, if you remember. So he yeah. did. He did. Yeah. I mean, so, who didn't score I mean, against Salzburg? Best case scenario, Lewandowski is back. There's no issue because that is what we can hope for. I want him to be- break Ronaldo's record in the Champions League. Yeah, and me too. Playing against Villarreal will give him a great chance to do that. Maybe like I don't four or five goals. Over so you are, I think, at this point, you think I think you're underestimating Villarreal a little bit. Like they did get this far, okay, and they did win the Europa League last season. Like that's that's no joke. That's better than any Bundesliga club has done in a very long time. Yes. But but I think that Bayern's form at the moment is just rampant. Like they're yeah, it is rampant. Freiburg but... coming into that game, they were like one of the best Bundesliga sides defensively, and we just tore them apart in less than thirty minutes in the second half, and that was without Lewandowski. So I'm just thinking the the type of damage we could do with Lewandowski in the fray for the entire ninety minutes. So I'm waiting for uh, VRL USA to hopefully send me some answers on the questions I sent. So I'm waiting for that. But until then, I don't really know much about them. But I can tell you what they did against Juventus, which is that they did pretty much shut Juventus down. And Juventus, they're not known as a great offensive team, but they were attacking and they did have Vlavic and Morata on the pitch. And they had a few chances. I, I will admit that. And they could have easily gone up. But the thing is that VRL do seem to have a good mentality. They don't seem to be very prone to panicking. Their problem is their attack and breaking down solid defenses. Teams in La Liga seem to really like to park the bus. And that seems yeah. to be their major issue. I will confirm this with the VRL USA folks later. And but their goalkeeper, so, yeah. I think his name, uh, I don't know if it's pronounced Rui or Ruli. I think it's Rui because it's uh, Argentine, so I'm I'm guessing it's like the Spanish pronunciation. But either way, he's like one of those keepers who can just like make those superhuman dives and whatnot and just frustrate Bayern yeah, attackers. Don't, so, don't tell me that we're going to yeah. face Jan Sommer 4.0. <laughs> 2.0, yeah, the Spanish. Not 2.0, 2.0 yeah, is, is uh, Kevin Trapp. So we have to, oh, yeah, yeah. We have to keep just, count. Just different variants. Yeah, yeah. And well, obviously, uh, Kaylor Navas is another variant. So Kaylor Navas yeah, is his own thing. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that would be frustrating. But if Nagelsmann can get his tactics right, and he has been so far, I think uh, this should be a buy and win. What do you predict? I don't make any predictions. Like, look, the last time I made a prediction on a podcast, it came true. And <laughs> I don't need that okay. to happen again. I'm sorry. Was but this the Gladbach game? Yeah, it was the Gladbach game. It oh was, God! And it was, <laughs> and it was a, a very much a spot on five nil victory for Gladbach. So I got the prediction right. But I should point out that VRL are a lot stronger than I think a lot of Bayern fans are giving them credit for. And with the state of our squad right now, we should be able to beat them. But nothing has changed from the time we drew them. And I think that. Like, Nagelsmann will not tinker. Like, he's not Pep Guardiola. He's not going to tinker with the squad. And we should expect a standard 4-2-3-1. Thomas Muller very normally plays. Robert Lewandowski very normally plays. Leroy Sané, uh, this is a question, questionable thing because Leroy Sané has on been playing on the right lately. Yeah, but and he's been terrible we want there. him on the left. Yeah. But uh, there is something to be said about Coman's effectiveness on the left. I mean, look at what he did yesterday and look at what he's been doing in general when you put Coman on the left it's like having Fonzie back there again like almost what half our attacks go down the left once he's back on the left and until Fonzie is back I feel like Nagelsmann is going to keep Coman on the left but I think that a Coman on the right is like 
less of a drop down from Coman on the left than Leroy Zane is on the right. Like he is just a different player on the right wing. And yesterday he just looked so clumsy, so out of sorts. I don't. I I, I thought I was watching some Sunday League winger actually. It was it was bad. I he thought Sunny was, was a little bit confused. Around. Yeah, he was just yeah. a little bit. He, he wasn't in the game, really. Like, if you're going to play like that, might as well have Gnabry on the pitch instead. Like, we, exactly. we've won titles with Coman and Gnabry as our wingers. We've won the Champions League with that exact setup. So, or or, or maybe put Muziala there instead. Muziala will do whatever needs to be done. My goodness. So, I think I think uh, something... Nagelsmann has to switch Zane to the left and play Coman on the right because Kingsley Coman, he can produce wherever he plays. On the on the sides of the wings, and I agree that he might be more efficient and more productive on the left. But the drop off is less; it's actually minute compared to the drop off we see in Zane. And I think Zane, we've seen him in the Champions League. He can score some amazing goals. He can do a lot of damage down the left flank. Yeah, he can do a lot of damage down the left flank, and he has a pretty decent track record against Spanish teams, even for Manchester City. He has played very well against you know quite a lot of clubs in the Champions League. So. I think playing him on the left will be a huge asset. But I think Serge Gnabry also gets some playing time tomorrow at least. Sorry, uh, against Villarreal at least uh, in midweek because he is someone, as you've mentioned, who can turn up in the big games. It could be anyone's guess who Nagelsmann you know, chooses to line up as his wingers. But uh, I expect Muziala and Kimish to start in midfield and I want a substitute appearance from Zabetsa. The defense should be the same. I think really? you Yonjo don't has think done well. you don't think Nikola Zula will be added to the defense. I'm not sure. I, I think it might be to do with fatigue or something because I expected him to start against uh, Freiburg and I was surprised he didn't. He so was in sure team training to begin with. I I assumed that Nagelsmann just didn't start it with a view to the VRL game, like just to get him fit enough for that one. That is also possible, yeah. But yeah, if Nikola Zula is fit and ready, then for sure. It should be Zulu and Upamakano and Luca Hernandez, who's been giving man of the match after man of the match performances. Zula as why not Zula and Nyonzo? Mm, because Upa uh, he showed against Freiburg just how lethal he can be with his passing, and that'll be essential when we are breaking down Villarreal's block defensive block. We need yeah, that but kind I of. I just sometimes feel like passing. you know Nyonzo his quality is like he is so dominant in the air that we're starting to see how dominant he actually is in the air he almost scored against Freiburg again from a corner and also the fact that he's quick he's good at passing and he doesn't seem to have that many mistakes in his game like once or twice I can see him being slightly out of position but other than that he pretty much played flawlessly against Freiburg, whereas Upamecano, yeah, to be very frank, Upamecano I, think... I will point out he made some he made at least two glaring errors against Freiburg. Both of them misplaced passes. So, so I think when we lose Niklas Zul in the summer, when we lose Niklas Zul in the summer, we shouldn't bring in another defender. I think we should give those minutes to Nyonzu. He is way more refined than any other defender of his age. And he has so much talent. It's just so visible. He dominates in the air and he's so strong when he goes into challenges. It's like very difficult to win physical battles against them as a striker from the opposition. So... I think this time could be best invested in Nyonzu. We don't need another centre-back. Why bring Ginter when you can give those minutes to possibly a better player at this stage and someone who has a much, much higher ceiling? So like, Yeah, that's, that's fair. I, I agree with that. We're actually yeah, agreeing a, a lot today, which is just weird. 
<laughs> I'm against the centre-back transfer this summer. I'd rather we give those minutes to Nyonzu and maybe if we're bringing Chris Richards, he can also provide additional depth. As, as far as I can position. tell, that we are looking to buy a right-back and then just sell Chris Richards. So, yeah. That is also fine at this stage as long as we insert a buyback clause in Richards' contract because he is a very, very good talent. I don't know yeah, why we're selling him for like 10 million. I, I heard that's Yeah, cheap. 10 million is very that's, low. Like a team like Chelsea sells him for 30 million. Easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's it's just we suck at selling players. Yeah, that's, mean, a, that's the problem with us. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so back to the VRL game. So you don't expect too many changes. I neither do I. And how do you think, like, do you know anything about VRL's players? Like, do you know how they line up? I do, but not a lot. I can just tell you about their squad, like some differential, you know, players like uh, Gerard Moreno. He's a very, very good player. Yeah. You know, he scores most of their penalties. He was nominated in the 30-player Ballon d'Or shortlist for last season. And he is basically the talisman. Wait, he got so, in the 30-player shortlist and Thomas Yeah, Fletton. Yeah, he did and Thomas Fletton. But that could also be attributed to the fact that they won the Europa League, possibly. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird. You know that they have a bias against Bayern Munich. Even Joshua Kimmich didn't. So didn't, there yeah. you go. It's embarrassing. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, they have players like uh, Gerard Moreno and Dan Juma, who's like a very, very quick forward. And they have a very strong like three-man midfield that can also have four men, provided one of the wing backs provide additional, you know, midfield uh, help. So basically, the game will be decided in the center of the park. And I would be way more comfortable with a player of Goretzka's caliber if he started in the midfield because he has that physicality. And Villarreal is a club that will kind of wrestle with you and they'll throw punches and well, go all in every, the Every Spanish team does that, so... Yeah, <laughs> I'm basically describing any any Spanish team from La Liga. So, But anyways, so the, so the bottom line is Jamal Muziala will have a tough time with the physicality of the opposition. I know that his dribbling is great and that he is not one to shy away from challenges, but uh, he might get stifled if there are way too many opposition midfielders, which is why I think Thomas Miller will have a very crucial role to play. And that is to come back to, which he usually does anyways, to come back take the ball up as an eight and then function as a free roaming 10 whenever required. So kind of... Yeah, uh, we did kind of see that against Freiburg where Thomas Muller was more of a facilitator than the direct assister. Like you saw how he was getting the ball straight up the pitch. Just one touch passes, the ball gets to him and it's immediately at another player's feet. So that's that's the kind of transitional play Thomas Muller provides. And I guess that's going to be crucial against VRL because... Let's be honest, I think they will kind of park the bus against us. They're going to try and press. And Emery knows, like, what do you need to do against teams like this? He's won yeah. plenty of trophies, so it's not like he's inexperienced. So Emery's teams always have the same blueprint. Even the Sevilla side, they basically would either pressure the teams early on and try and get the lead and then bunk, or... They would bunker out from the very beginning and try and grab a late goal that would then, you know, put them in the advantage, in an advantageous position for the second fixture. So I believe since this is a home game for Villarreal, they will try all it takes in the first 10-15 minutes to try and score the first goal. And I think the entire fixture, the entire tie can be decided by who scores first. So if Bayern yeah. score first, we have a great chance of progressing because that would mean Villarreal have to come out of their comfort zone. They would yeah, have that's... to try and attack. Yeah, and we saw that with Freiburg. Like, Freiburg were completely solid for, what, 
for 40, 50 minutes. And then as soon as yes. we scored, they opened up. And once they opened up, the, we were getting chance after chance, especially after it was 2-1. After it was 2-1, they really opened up and we just ran rampant. We were regularly getting into 3v1, 4v1, 5v1 situations. So that's something that we are good at and something that VRL, I think they really haven't faced so far in the Champions League. Like Juventus didn't do that. Juventus, they don't really attack in numbers. They had a five-man backline, which somehow VRL decided to mirror as their own five-man yeah, backline. That, 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 that game is, was weird because... That game was very teams, weird. Both, both teams, teams are, you know, yeah. don't, don't thrive well with possession and they both kind of struggled against each other, you know? Yeah. Like Juventus looked so uncomfortable whenever they had the ball. It's like they yeah, didn't know what to do with it. It was basically an Emery masterclass because he knew that Juventus, they don't do well with the ball. So he decided, okay, you can have the ball and they're just fine. Uh, sitting back and letting you do whatever <laughs> with your really awful offense. Even so, Juventus had chances. Like Vlaovic, the chances that he got, Lewandowski would have scored, I'm sure of it. For sure, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so I think, yes, Juventus uh, did lose to Villarreal and that is kind of something to think about, but Bayern is no Juventus. And yeah. as you like to keep mentioning, uh, the Serie A players have the mobility of an average tree. So <laughs> yeah. we have... Vlaovic is different though. Vlaovic is really good actually. Yeah, but what can one man do against the 11-man team, right? Yeah, so, true. You're not going to predict anything, but I guess I speak for the rest of the BFW community when I say that. Look, we all the thing is that the prediction must come from the heart, and my heart is not saying anything right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> does it ever say anything? We... <laughs> uh, it does. Uh, it, it predicted Gladbach correctly. Okay, fair enough. Let's move on to the next segment. I guess. The next segment, which is probably our final segment, I don't know, I I think so, is we have to talk about Germany and the World Cup draw. So Germany, we got drawn with... Why am I saying we? It's not we, I'm not German. Uh, Germany yeah. got drawn with... What did they get drawn with? Spain? England? Japan? Oh, sorry, not my England. bad. Spain, Japan, and uh, Costa Rica. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Costa Rica yeah. or New Zealand, depending on who goes through. But it'll be Costa Rica. Yeah. Let's be real. So that I think that, it's a tricky group. It's 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 difficult. It's not easy. Yeah, it's very tricky. And yes, uh, all the Japan and Costa Rica possibly they could be beaten on paper by this Germany squad. But we know that nothing on paper really works in the World Cup, and that Japan has upset quite a lot of opposition in international competitions before. My worry is so, more that Costa Rica, like they have Kaylor Navas, who oh yeah. Oh man, I I I hate that guy. <laughs> I hate that guy so much. It, it's almost My like goodness. a fascination. It's like I fear him. Like I just don't I'm want scared. to. I'm scared him. of that guy. We've yeah. faced him so many times, and we've come out on top. What only in the Champions League final against PSG, I think. So Killer Navas, there was this one game Bayern against Real Madrid, if I remember correctly. Which we one? Like a record. We, we the, faced the one, him. We faced him. I think the one under Yuk. The one under Yuk. The second leg. I believe oh, man, that Navas was a made, nightmare. Wow. Yeah, he made a record number of saves in any Champions League game in the history of the competition. It was like some 22 saves or something, something crazy like that. So I was in, on the verge of tears. I was, you know, honestly, I was yeah, thinking, that was what is wrong a, with this? And yeah. it was already such a weird game because we had so many players out. But, but this is not about Bayern. This is about Germany. And Germany, I think that because of the way the group is set up, the mistake that Yogi Lo made going into the 2018 World Cup is that he didn't have his tactics dialed in by the time the group stages came around. So he was thinking that I'll experiment during the groups 
and then yeah. that is something that Hanzi can't afford, basically. I think Hanzi has a very clear blueprint that he'll follow. I don't think he's going to compromise on that. I think there I think... is one problem. I think there are actually two problems. First of all, like the fullbacks. Okay, who who starts? You tell me, David Rom or Gosens? David Rom. It's very okay. easy. Very nice. Yeah. I don't think Rom is significantly better than Gosens based on no, what I I've believe. Seen. I believe Rom is brilliant. Like he has a very bright future because. Honestly, yes, he is pretty solid defensively, but that's not where he mainly thrives. He's one of the best offensive fullbacks in the Bundesliga and right now. And what about what about and right back? Right back is kind of tricky. I think I would like to see Jonas Hoffman start there. Okay, that's something that he'll have to test because Jonas Hoffman is there. He's been using Tito Kerr there, who I don't like, and a lot of us don't like. We're completely <laughs> baffled yeah. by how Tito Kerr keeps getting call-ups. And the attack is the other thing. The attack, I think we can say that safely say that Thomas Muller, Kai Havertz, Kai Havertz and yeah. Kai Havertz are going to start. But other than that, do you think Timo Werner is going to start? I don't. I don't know what with the beard. You know, Hansi Flick, Timo Werner call ups. I don't know if they have like some sort of a love but, relationship going but, on. It's very and Timo was Timo was Hansi's top target when he was at Bayern, if you recall. Yeah, but it's been like what. Three seasons, two seasons since then, and like Timo hasn't exactly bathed himself in glory during his time at Chelsea. Yeah, uh, and, you look at Chelsea yeah. fans on Reddit; they're saying that Timo needs to thank Lukaku for taking all the heat <laughs> off him this season because Timo has been Absolutely. an absolute flop. Yeah, yeah, and, and we and know he wasn't that cheap either. We know that if Timo doesn't miss a shot, he usually ends up getting it called offside. off for an offside. Yeah, so. It's it's not like we're getting a player who is very productive and prolific in front of goal. I believe Timo Werner should be a substitute choice at best. I think the thing that Hansi likes about but, Timo is his work rate because you see him how much he runs across the pitch, and Hansi's system is very demanding in that regard. So I guess team and the thing is that Havertz doesn't run anywhere near as much. So maybe Hansi's thinking if I have to start Havertz. I need to have Timo as well to make up for that lack of work rate. But, but Havertz do... is a much better target man. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, Havertz is much better. Uh, he's not a true target man, but Havertz plus Muller with Sane and Gnabry and Musiala. That is just them. glorious. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's probably one of the best offenses on an international stage. Like You have teams like France with Mbappe or Argentina with Messi, but they don't have that kind of chemistry that you can get from having basically what is essentially Bayern Munich plus one or two Chelsea players on the pitch. So, and there's one more thing I'm going to call out. I think if Hansi Flick uses you know his squad efficiently, his squad in the right way, I think Musiala is going to be a huge wild card for Germany in the World Cup. Yeah, like he's going to come and he's going to score or assist in every game. He has that yeah, he, sort of ability. He, the thing is that Muziala, he's very versatile. Like he's a manager's dream. He can come on as a substitute as an impact player. He can come on in the midfield. He can come on in the winger position. He can come on as an attacking midfielder. So that's three positions already that on the pitch that you have to account for. And Muziala plays them all differently to the starters in those positions. And he can also exactly. be a starter making everything the entire calculation lopsided. Like if Muziala and Kimmich start together instead of Kimmich and Goretzka, that's a completely different midfield that you'll have to deal with as an opposition coach. So it's exactly. very hard to plan against. And, and and also, we saw against, if you remember, in the Euros, Germany against Hungary, 
Woozy yeah, Allah Woozy Allah was required. Yeah, he came yeah, in and, and then for some reason Yogi Lowe didn't even use him against England. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I mean, we know it was Yogi Lowe, and yeah, he got exposed when Hansi Flick wasn't behind yeah. him. You know, giving him so all the tactics. You, so. so, do we think that, like, given that Spain is there, do we think that this current version of Germany, assuming that it gets slightly better with Hansi Flick tuning the tactics and whatnot, is it going to beat Spain and top the group? I think this Germany can bare minimum get a draw against Spain. Bare minimum. I mean, we do remember what happened the last time Germany faced yes, Spain. Yes, I do. I do. But that was a uh, I do as well. I, I would say that for so that. Oh, my God. Very different. Very different yeah. scenario. Yeah. Brain slug manager. Yeah. Terrible. The, just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> we are doing now, a lot of Yogi Low slander today. I, I, I love have, it. But still. we have someone who is an actual coach, like someone who can actually do stuff. Yeah, you know, actually do stuff and actually calls up good players. Uh, exactly. I'm still a little bit concerned about the back line. Like, even with Rüdiger and Zula, I don't. And the fullback positions still worry me. But I think Germany should make it to the knockouts. And once you're in the World Cup knockouts, I think that Germany's quality should show through. Like, you don't need to be the most amazing team ever assembled to win a World Cup. You just need to be the best team at that moment, just a little bit fluid, a little bit tactically diverse and i think hansi flick hansi flick is just leagues ahead tactically of every other manager in the world cup yeah and i think he's also like really brilliant with like you know man management and like you know making sure to use all the resources he has to get the best possible results so he's going to like make sure this team is a cohesive unit rather than just a bunch of individuals trying to get us something yeah and i think i think one thing that the, will help the European teams going into that is the fact that the Nations League is this summer. So Hansi exactly. will have good big games against teams like England, Hungary, and who else? I'm not Italy, sure exactly. Italy. Oh my God. Yeah. Why are we playing that team who can't even make it to the World Cup? We are playing England, Hungary, and Italy. Yeah. So it's going oh to God. be a very good time to, you know, kind of become German in this podcast. Maybe maybe play a tried and trusted lineups and just throw throw for those best players and see what they can yeah, you know that's, deliver. That's gonna that's gonna be key in those Nations League games just to find out which is the best lineup possible. Okay, it's uh, also I think... possible that yeah yeah it's also possible that some of those teams they don't expose their best lineups just so that they don't show what they have before the World Cup. But I'm I just think, thinking I don't much. think I don't think any team yeah. will be particularly in. in interested in that to be honest i think they will go as far as all out as they can just to see who performs and who doesn't fair enough yeah yeah i guess that's a fair assessment and i think we should wrap it up yeah we should so everyone thanks for listening this was i need no name and schnitzel on bavarian podcast works you can find us on pretty much any podcasting platform that you listen to spotify apple google whatever follow us on twitter at bavarian fp works and come join our blog we have a wonderful community where we discuss Bayern munich and germany and remember we will see you next time which will probably be our post-game review of the vrl game stay tuned for that and good night